0: The excitement, it's all over. I always feel weird. Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Steve Cofield, who, I was not supposed to say this, but has refused to actually do the show the last two days because San Diego State made it this far and has, in protest, decided to take some days off. But we have a good show on tap for you here on Cofield & Company. Willie Ramirez is alongside in another edition of Von Tobel y Los Vatos. What a day. What a day. I got I'm not going to lie. I feel pretty down. I have been running all over the place, Willie. I was really excited to see you guys. You came in. You're kind of annoyed again. Don't really understand why. I feel like you might need
1: a hug. <laughs> well, it is the right day for that, but I'm a, I'm a little upset with you. I'm a little disappointed. Uh, is it because I, I
0: did not accept the gracious offer of a peanut M&M right before we came on the air? No. A uh, single peanut M&M, by the way, can I just say, when offering candy of multiple pieces, I think it's nice to offer more than
1: one. I did not Okay, whatever, bro. You don't take it out of context. I picked up the bag to pour it in your hand, but I a little—I'm a little, little annoyed—not annoyed, just a little disappointed in the tone of your text. As if, I mean, it could have been done. The the request could have been done nightly, nicely. Willie, FYI, I'm going to Skype it, so make sure you not to barge in when you get here. Yeah, hey, you're a happy guy. Hey, hey, Willie, I'm doing a Skype if you don't mind. Don't you
0: know? See, barge is is taken in a negative context. It is. It's it's
1: as if saying like like I'm a barger.
0: Right. Well, actually, because I took it as the way I enter rooms, which is hey everybody. Yeah, you did did that.
1: Yeah, you did that yesterday with forty five seconds to go, and you you scared the ever living living
0: crap out of. Yeah. So I meant it as like a happy. Like I didn't want you to like walk in and be like, hey
1: buddy. You know, because I'm doing my professional stuff. And I thought it was going to be live. I thought here I'm thinking you're maybe on NBA Network or something. Eh, You're taping it. So even yeah. if i barged. eh, Cut. Yeah. Do it again.
0: The the NBA League Pass is set for tomorrow, so. Oh, okay. So, yeah. All right. See? Nice. He tried to take a shot at me and I'm like, "Ah, you know, I got one for you." So by the way, tomorrow, I check wasn't it out. A shot I'll be on at at NBA you. League I know Pass that you live. Do. That's right. I'm a big-time guy.
1: Okay, timeout. You know that when you're the guest when we do the JVT hits, do I not brag about you about your NBA stuff?
0: Mm, it, it it has a hint of sarcasm, I don't believe it.
1: Don't make me come over there and smack, <laughs> smack you upside your head. You already know. Twitter, everything. I brag about the report, the whole thing. But nevertheless, I mm. could use a hug.
0: Yeah, today is a potentially Hug a News Person Day. It is. Which, that sounds like a dumb made-up holiday by a, a sad journalist. <laughs>
1: exactly. I don't like. know where it came from. But it does say it's also known as Hug a News Anchor Day, Hug a Newsman Day, Hug a Newswoman Day. Observed annually on April 4th. Not surprisingly, this event does not have a sponsor. Right. If you'd like to increase visibility for this event while gaining exposure for yourself or your brand, you can learn more here.
0: Did you just read the link, like Ron Burgundy?
1: Yeah, I went to the link to read the description. Okay. I'm just (laughs) explaining what it is. It's just a hug a news person Day. I mean, it sounds like, based off of your intro... As to why Steve is boycotted, it sounds like this dude needs a hug.
0: Uh, Steve, I know.
1: He, I know Ed Grainy probably needs a hug because he's a San Diego State alum. Yep. Steve on a ran, Steve just needs a hug sometimes because it's Thursday.
0: It's very true. Or he's just alive. You yeah. know what I mean. Life yeah. can be pretty hard sometimes.
1: Anything's possible. Yeah, anything. We know possible. that the dude to my left, your right, always needs a hug.
0: That be you, Ari. That would be you. Also, I think the, the theme was to open up with like listing off people who would need hugs, right? Mm-hmm. local media members. I don't know anybody else in local media that would probably need a hug that sticks out. Um, maybe local fans need a hug because I was on Las Vegas Raiders Reddit earlier oh, cool. today, Ooh. and one of the things that actually has been going on on Las Vegas Raiders Reddit has been a bunch of memes that actually ultimately predicted their most recent transaction signing Brian Hoyer.
1: Before it happened? Before it happened. Oh, wow. wow so, they heard. They, uh, they don't
0: know. Uh, well, no, I think it was just a coincidence, but that was like a big thing on Raiders Reddit. So they memed it into existence, and that is the case. That is one of the big things today. Today has been my head is spinning. It's one of the reasons why I need a hug. It's also why I've been around town and all doing all sorts of stuff. And this comes down earlier today. It's barely even the biggest story. But the Raiders have signed Brian Hoyer to a two-year deal. And I wanted to bring this up, too, okay. because we deserve kudos. What was one of the things we talked about yesterday? The point that I brought up. Oh, they're not done adding quarterbacks, right? No, nope. Yeah. Sure enough, Ryan okay. Hoyer gets added to the we roster. We didn't bring tonight. him
1: up, but we definitely said, "Right, I bring someone in." What?
0: I was surprised to see it was Hoyer. I didn't realize yeah, they, he was still playing football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be I, quite honest with you, I was like, "What?" I was very surprised by it. Yeah,
1: thirty-seven so, years old. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what the reasoning is.
0: Oh, how's that? This for a tease? Okay, I know what the reasoning is. Oh boy, I'm going to say I know. Okay, we'll talk about it later in the show, but I think that this move. Coupled with some other news that is out there, I think it paints, I'm going to say, a pretty clear picture as to what's going to happen with the Las Vegas Raiders at the quarterback position in the next couple of months.
1: Well, just basically, um, the the underlying theme, obviously, is another former Patriot.
0: Oh, well, yeah. That's one of the criticisms. It's a very obvious signing, some would say. Right. A very obvious move. So The Patriot way! The Patriot way, exactly. Now, Raiders fans may be unhappy, might need a hug. Michael Bidwell... Might need a hug soon as well. For those who did not see, we got this news coming down a little bit right, like I'd say, like an hour before the show. Uh, but Michael Bill Bidwell, who do who do not know, uh, principal owner, chairman of the Arizona Cardinals. Well, we get news that Terry McDonough, former executive, ex Cardinals VP, has actually filed Willie a uh, arbitration claim to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. Accusing Michael Bidwell of gross misconduct, including cheating, discrimination, and harassment. Among some of the bigger accusations here, it is uh, accused that while Bidwell was suspended for, I think it was called, what, an extreme DUI? Was that the official charge over the summer? He actually had McDonough and former coach at the time, Steve Wilks, communicate with him via burner phones when they were not supposed to. That McDonough actually said in an interaction with Bidwell that he didn't want to use said burner phones, he and Wilkes did not, and he was then admonished for it in an inappropriate way and actually maybe demoted for it. Now, it's a very serious accusation, and it's part of a larger picture here with the Cardinals. It is an organization that seems to be a complete mess at this point right now, given all of these off-field things that have been around it from top to bottom. We're not going to get a lot on this because, as it was pointed out legally um, by a couple of people, including Michael McCann. He's a great sports law guy up on Twitter. Um, As he notes, serious allegations, but the story explains not to be heard in court and so not public. As of now, the allegations are headed for a league-run arbitration process. We've heard that before. Overseen by the commissioner, and what happens thereafter is up to the league. So it's different than a lawsuit or a charge. It's just a complaint to the league. We're not going to hear much about it, but it just paints again a picture of chaos and a lack of leadership at the top. For the Arizona Cardinals,
1: and I, I don't want to say, you know, that there's a good time or a bad time. Like, well, at least it's there's not in season because, in general, um, like you said, it, the the problem here is is dysfunction. And so, when you're getting ready for, I mean, we're just a couple of weeks away before teams officially can report to the building, start going into the building, uh, to their facilities, going to work out. Um, what it does is it it, it paints a picture of. Dysfunction and and instability at the top. So you know when you hear different things in and around the, the the locker room and other people clamoring about, it it sort of sheds light to, well, has this been going on and and how much legitimacy is there to problems in and in and around the locker room because these sorts of things filter down. And, uh, and, and it's not good.
0: Yeah. Remember Mexico City. For those who don't remember, one of their assistant coaches, Sean Kugler, was fired and sent home from Mexico City back in November before the team lost to the San Francisco 49ers. He has since denied allegations of inappropriately touching a woman the day before the game. But, again, this just paints this picture of this team being a complete mess, lacking leadership, and we have seen this now in multiple teams. And it does. Like, when you don't have real leadership at the top, it trickles down to the point where there's a lot of people who do things outside of just burner phones. Talk about Kugler, uh, allegedly. It just paints a picture of chaos and lack of leadership. And thus, it has bled into your team's production. They're not a good team. They're in a really bad spot right now in terms of their roster construction, too. It's just kind of a nightmare for Arizona. And again, not really much to build from this, other than the fact that Arizona right now is just a dumpster fire.
1: And you know what? You can also say that this is just not good for the community. You know why? Because the Arizona Coyotes just went through a brutal, mm-hmm. a lot of scrutiny in and around with allegations of of, uh, of some terrible things. And the fact of the matter is what you're doing when you have things like this is you're burning up your fan base as well because you, all of a sudden your fans become disgusted. and Well, they should, right?
0: We'll put it that way. They should. Football is such a monster that – I don't know if there's – you might get, what would you say, maybe 10 fans who are disgusted enough to where they're going time to alter out. their Have viewing. you
1: gone down to Glendale to that stadium? Have you ever gone to that stadium? What, the Cardinal Stadium? Yes. No. Okay. I had a friend, local media member, who bought into a package with some people. Mm-hmm. They were season t- – so of the eight games at when it was a 16-game season, I think they each had two, maybe – yeah, I think they each had two. And every time that there was a home for two, couple of seasons, I went with him. That's one of the stadiums in the NFL where you can legitimately say, without uh, embellishing, forty to fifty percent are already visiting fans. Mm. So it's kind of like the, the complaint down at Allegiant, right? A couple of games last year where it seemed like there was more than fifty percent. So okay, you say ten. We're just trying to make a point, but it could bleed over to where it's already bad. We're visiting fans. You go to, you, if the Dallas Cowboys yeah. visit the Arizona Cardinals. It's a, it's seemingly a road game for the Cardinals. So what I'm saying is, if if that sort of if this sort of thing if it gets worse or or if it bleeds down beyond the locker room and into the fan base, they already struggle to yeah. dominate a home crowd. That's all I'm saying.
0: So we should note too that the Cardinals uh, have responded. Uh, External public relations advisor to the Cardinals, Jim McCarthy, released a statement, quote, We are reluctantly obliged to provide a public response along with broader context for some disappointing and irresponsible actions by Terry McDonough. Claims he has made an arbitration filing are wildly false, reckless, and an opportunistic ploy for financial gains. So those are some pretty serious um, uh, firing back in terms of this statement. It should also be pointed out, too, that McDonough has alleged that he actually still has his burner phone. So, like, he might have some real evidence here. Again, we're not going to hear much of this because it's going to be under wraps. The NFL will hear it, but this is something that came out today that's painting a pretty wild picture out there in Arizona and for a team that you, that's a good point by you is already struggling in terms of at least maintaining some sort of support when it comes to their fan base. Speaking of fan bases, one fan base that will not waver, those are the San Diego State Aztecs. The Aztecs take a very tough loss yesterday in a game that was not particularly close. When we come back, I wanted to touch a little bit more on this San Diego state loss and what it means because there was maybe a sense that this is really good for the program and you know, hey, this this run up to a championship game gave them the platform they needed for other conferences to want them. And my argument would be why people should know already how good this program has been in basketball and in football. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and
2: at me JVt or tweet the show at Cofield and Co.
0: Voice Brian Dutcher on the loss post game. Here on Cofield and Company, I'm Jonathan Vontol. If you're if you're wondering, like wow, Steve's voice got a lot sexier. No, uh, it's it's just that Cofield's not here today. Willie Ramirez is alongside in another edition of von Los Vatos. So am I I feel I'm not gonna lie here. I feel like Steve has made me feel like I should not be somewhat interested and I don't know, excited about this run for San Diego State and what this has meant for the Aztecs. I guess because we're Las Vegas, right? We shouldn't really be ex- I I have been fascinated by this run for San Diego State and what it means for the program. It's been
1: a, it's been dialogue um it's it's been some dialogue leading up to the final four with Adam also, but Adam is, you know, on the side of that Wait a minute. If you're in Las Vegas and you're a fan of the Rebels, you need to be cheering for San Diego State because it means more revenue for the Mountain West, which right. trickles down to UNLV. So yes, you should be cheering for your conference.
0: Right. Okay. And, and then, I and understand that point. Well, and, and actually, to to be fair too, you've actually heard that sentiment from San Diego State themselves. Like they're, you know, the show is kind of an annoying student section, as I've seen on Twitter. But like you can see, the the, the Aztecs themselves have talked about. One of the players post game even said like. This is not only good for our program, but it's good for the Mountain West in terms of putting it on the map as like a legitimate conference. Now, how long they're in that conference <laughs> is one of the things, but at least they're they're at least Willie at yeah. least echoing that sentiment through this runner at the end of this run, which was, hey, like yes, San Diego State, yada yada yada, we're good at basketball, we're a good program overall with athletics, but it does mean something for the Mountain West.
1: It does. So, and and yes, you brought up what I was going to point out is that well. It's nice of them to say that, but, hey, at the same time, it's a kick in the ass, kick in the ass out the door because they're headed to the Pac-12 at some point. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to—you know, here's the thing. Regardless of where you're from, we said this yesterday, you and I. We talked about this last week on the show several times, is that this— was one of the best Final Fours to look forward to because of the storylines and the Cinderella. We get, you know, I saw somebody tweet out that this is the one event where you get to it, where you know the NFL playoffs, right? You get excited because the NFL playoffs are coming, a little bit down because oh, the season's over. But as it builds up, we're excited for the Super Bowl. It's opposite with the tournament where you get excited for those first two. Uh, rounds mm-hmm. the first weekend and it just dies off because it's uh, a Sweet 16 lead eight. It's all about the Cinderellas, right? Here's something where those Cinderellas stuck around: FAU, San Diego State. You can maybe they're not Cinderellas, maybe they don't deserve or need to be called that. But the fact of the matter is, nobody's bracket in this room was perfect. Nobody's bracket that we know was perfect. So. It made it that more exciting. So you could cheer for any one of those four teams, and it'd be understandable. It's a great storyline. It turned into a snoozer, the championship game, and UConn dominated, Mm. as they did every single opponent. But, yes, you should be cheering for, I mean, it makes sense, excuse me, if you're cheering for San Diego State and you're in Las Vegas.
0: Yeah, the Aztecs did make it a five-point game late, but it was kind of like a fake five-point game because never really got back into it. All about 16 seconds. Yeah, and then uh, UConn put the foot down and extended that thing back out. And and it is interesting. I always like these conversations are always kind of weird. I don't think they really mean much, but you mentioned it got to be a snoozer. Well, according to the TV ratings, it was actually uh, – because we saw something in terms of like a little bit of an uptick uh, when it comes to some of the ratings last time out, so – We'll see if maybe that's – I don't really like TV ratings talk. I think it was interesting to some people. It's college basketball, like you said. Attendance in terms of eyes on television screens tends to die as the tournament goes around. So from an excitement standpoint, who knows? I know a lot of people that were like, I'm not watching this, and totally ended up doing it. Yeah, I mean, the result during the game, you fall asleep, you can understand it. But I think there were more people than, it was than on, not yeah. that was interested had in this. I two TVs on. So I, I think kind of coming from this, too, you mentioned the potential leap to the Pac-12 I was reading a piece from the New York Times that was kind of spelling out this whole narrative of like, hey, you know, this deep run for San Diego State could play right into conference realignment. They mentioned the Pac-12, they mentioned the Big 12, as well as conferences that might be intrigued by the San Diego State run here. But, I mean, it's funny because I think the article I was reading kind of works against itself. And, again, it was Billy Witts who who wrote this up in the New York Times, which it was like, hey – you know, sure, San Diego State already has good basketball and football programs and whatnot, but this run might solidify their, you know, candidacy for some of these expansions or some of these realignments into different conferences. And my argument is, I think they've been attractive, right? It's not just sports; it's grabbing a California market. The Big Twelve has said that they're interested in playing in all the time zones. So I just I kind of push back on the narrative that this run is what puts San Diego State on the map for conference realignment. If you were doing your due diligence, you were already looking at San Diego State for any one of these respective conferences. I think this did more for increasing the narrative and the brand for people who just watch college basketball and understand now that San Diego State's been a pretty good program, not the conferences being more attracted to them.
1: Yeah, I could, yeah, it makes sense. But for the whole. I think it's good for the entire Southern California region when you look at the fact that USC and UCLA is bolting for the Big Ten. Right. They're not going anywhere, but in terms of the Pac-12's presence down there, they certainly have to know what they're getting themselves into and vice versa. And I think that San Diego State brings enough—let's not forget that they've had success in, on the baseball field. Pac-12 is big in baseball, right? Uh, I'm not sure if they got gymnastics, and I'm yes, I'm reaching a little bit here, but hey— when UCLA's gymnastics team is making it on sports Center and, and you're seeing it being, uh, you know, all over social media and going viral, it means something. Women's sports, Pac-12, basketball. Um, some would say SEC is the best. I, maybe I'm a West Coast guy, but I think the Pac-12 conference is tough to deal with as a whole. Mm-hmm. I get it. The, you know, Stanford was just one a couple of years ago. Um, so... It it reaches beyond it, but yes, you're sp- you're talking basketball right now because that's in the in the forefront, and ba- and call men's basketball and football are the moneymakers.
0: Right, it, so. it, I would just argue brand new stadium, California market, right? Like in terms of their Snapdragon Stadium, they were an attractive candidate prior to this run. I yes. think for some of these, yes, is ultimately what I'm saying, yes, and um, not a lot of people like. I don't think the Pac-12 was watching the NCAA tournament, like, huh? Maybe hey, we should look into this,
1: yeah, this plucky yeah, San
0: Diego I, I, State I get it. program. It's, it's, and, it's not an you, eye opener. Right, right. And
1: that's what I was saying is that that's that's also why it led sort of the list of who are they going to pilfer. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna grab that because they need a presence in SoCal. Yeah. So that was the clear choice and they knew it before this run. Pac twelve didn't go in Pac twelve didn't go into this tournament going, Well, are you kidding me? Wait till you see what we're about to get. Add them to the list. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: could be the Big Twelve. Keep throwing the Pac twelve out there. It's not a cinch. No, that's UNLV's destination. So yeah, we'll see if that's gonna be the case. Very old. Did you see that San Diego State? So we railed against Jill Biden. We'll get to Jill, first lady, coming up maybe a little bit later. But did you see that San Diego State is still going to get a parade? Back in town, the parade's going to lead up to Petco, where they will then take in a Padres game.
1: Uh, I didn't see it, so you put it on the run now.
0: Are we going to rail against this? Are we going to go participation trophies?
1: You don't deserve the parade. You didn't win. I'm going to. You know what I'm going to rail against? Okay. Mark Ziegler for writing the damn story. Let's glorify the fact that they're doing it.
0: Wow, journalist on journalist crime.
1: We're legitimizing the, a parade by writing about wow.
0: it. Wow, we're making it news. You're a big fan of Mark Ziegler, aren't you? I just threw that what's, out there. I have no a, idea. What's next is on the run? Okay, all right. So that's, so that's why. See, you had some odd thoughts. I actually, I think it's kind of cool at least they're going to get go to the Padres game. I don't know about parades. I'm with Adam, and parades are overrated. Now, but it is pretty cool they get to go to a Padres
1: game. Now, invite them to the Padres game and honor them? Absolutely. Yeah. Parade? Eh. I, I just, no. It's not, No. It's kind of like, you know what? There was talk about the Aces getting a parade if they lost
0: in the finals. Oh, don't give me started. And Las Vegas sports fandom, and we're we going to have a whole But I'm saying it's the no, same I, thing. I agree. I agree.
1: Same thing, and that's a pro league. Yeah. Which is now a major pro sports team, according to. What? I, I have faith the Aces would have turned that parade down. We'll never know, but I have Well, I'm just saying, but it's the same philosophy in here. We're talking about a college basketball team. No, it lost. I don't remember Las Vegas throwing a parade for the 91 team that lost in the national semifinals. The best team to ever lose in the national. Did you see my tweet? I said that. Well, uh, let's just invite them. Let's get get whoever's alive from that 91 team. Get them over there because that's the best team to never win a, a national championship.
0: We'll get Joe Biden. Don't worry. She's got hers coming to her.
1: Miss any of the show? We've got you covered. Head to
0: LVSportsNetwork.com and go to podcast to listen to all of your favorite LV Sports Network shows anytime from any place. Clark, Iowa superstar on the uh, rebuffing of the invite to the White House from one Jill Biden. Before we move on, anybody out there who, I don't know, interested in maybe taking in some brawling, we got two tickets to Professional Fighters League on April 7th. Fights are on April 7th and the 14th. Theater at Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas. More than just a fight. You can check out tixit, the tickets at axs.com or just be caller number 7-364-1100-702-364-1100. Get your tickets from Ari. And for more information, make sure you check out PFLMMA.com for information. All right, Willie, set us up here because you uh, got
1: to have a pretty interesting conversation. Yeah, it was kind of cool. I, was, uh, I went to the. We were talking yesterday. Yeah. I've been to most of the XFL games here. I'm scanning the roster this past weekend. And who is the starting tight end for the San Antonio Brahmas? The former All American from Gorman, hey. Alize Mack, formerly known as Alize Jones. Um, went to Notre Dame, did pretty good. Drafted in 2019, seventh round pick. And he spent most of the uh, past six, seven years or. Excuse me. What would it be? Three, four, or five years? Uh, getting drafted or going to practice squads, but hasn't made the roster yet. But we had a chat after the game. Good conversation. Started off by asking him how it felt to return to his hometown.
3: Man, this is an exciting moment. You know, it's uh, for me to be back home and be around the family, and it's be my first time playing in Vegas and you know since high school. So. Um, yeah, like you said, it wasn't the result that we wanted, but it felt good being home.
1: When you, um, you know, when the XFL was created and you, you went to San Antonio, you knew right. you'd be covered. what was that sort of that thought process, the anticipation, the buildup, right. you know? I mean, the excitement to get on the field, mm-hmm. been with some NFL teams through the practice squads, but right. to finally get on the field was one thing, but knowing you were coming home. Right,
3: it, it meant a lot. I mean, this, this day was, was marked on the calendar for me for, for a while since we found out the schedule. Um, and so, you know, as soon as we landed, it, it, it just it felt good to be home and knowing I was going to be able to rep the city and be able to go out here and perform. Um, it's it's you know it's, it's tough when when you, when you lose and you know you have to take the the road trip back, but um, it was a special moment for me for sure.
1: Drafted out of Notre Dame, um, obviously you are still, you know, you, you're getting calls and, right. and you're going to the practice squads. Right. Still waiting for that. Are you hoping that maybe this? this season and, and maybe having some game film yeah. to show yeah. that uh, you know you're still waiting on that bigger dream
3: yeah. right? Yeah I, I, I said this uh, not too long ago that the XFL in my eyes is, is a feeder for the league right? And and I looked at this as a great opportunity for me to be able to get 10 games out there on film um, which I haven't been able to get in the last few years so uh, hopefully you know I, I put I put some good tape together and, and finish out the season strong and get, get another opportunity back at the next level and um you know, I, I, my, my approach to to this game is so different than what it was when I was a rookie coming in and a younger guy. Um, but to be able to still play this game and have the opportunity to get back there is, is a blessing. You come from a
1: long line of tight ends. Yeah. It, it, as a matter of fact, you I think believe you were in the middle of, of a three tight end string from Xavier Grimble to yourself to yeah. Revin Jordan. Yeah. Um, so some, sec- some successful runs right. at Gorman right. Uh, right after you, the three-time uh, national champs. Just your thoughts on, you know where? I mean, in a, in a sense, you were part of a, part of a run that has put Las Vegas football right, on the map. Right.
3: Man, I until this day I talk about Gorman football. I mean, when you you know something special about that that G on the helmet, and uh, for to see the the legacy that Gorman has been able to carry for years has uh, has been a special thing. Winning state championships, national championships. Um, it was it was such a fun time, and uh, it, it, it doesn't seem like it was too long ago. But uh, when you have guys like Xavier, myself, and Brevin, who is killing in the league right now, um, it's 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 uh, it doesn't go unnoticed for sure. Um,
1: you know Nico Pertita obviously yeah. very well. Um, both went to Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Nico now coming back to UNLV as a coach. Really? Uh, UNLV football uh, hopefully uh, make it a little bit of a turn up here with new coach Barry Odom he brought Hunky Cooper back as a coach he's brought Nico into the uh, into the into the mix Uh, UNLV football just trying to make a run now Mm -hmm. when you were recruited obviously on a national level you were number one tight end in the nation some between one through four but um, for UNLV with what you've seen from afar as far as like conference realignment and where things are going Can this program get
3: to a, to a different level? I think so, 100%. I mean, it, you know, every year is a, is, is a new opportunity, right? Every year, everyone goes back to zero, zero and zero, right? And It's a fresh start, and it's all about how you recruit, and it's all about how you prepare. Um, I, I think that, you know, for me, I know being from Vegas, I'm waiting to see UNLV get on the map. And, and, and win some big time ball games and they will it just takes time you know you got to build it you, you know Rome wasn't built in one day so um, as long as they keep chipping at it keep chipping away they'll get to where they want to get.
1: You know Nico as well as anybody else from that program what what kind of inspiration what kind of motivation what are these young men at UNLV going to get in terms of a coach and an advisor in, in Nico? Well
3: I'll tell you Nico um, playing with him in high school and in college he's He's a hell of a worker. I mean, dude's going to go hard, right? And and he has a passion for the game, and that's why he's still coaching, right? That's why he's still in it and he's still involved. And he's a guy that's been through the process, and I think that it's important to have a guy like that for younger players to be around a guy that's been through it and knows what it takes. So um, I'm excited for him, and I hope that, that it all works out in his favor. Final question for you.
1: Before you left for Notre Dame, this town was not a pro sports town and right. now it's a full-fledged pro sports town the yeah. raiders are here the aces are the world mm-hmm. champs the golden knights have been to the playoffs yeah. um just your thoughts on your hometown where you were born, you're a native las vegas yeah. is now a bonafide pro sports town
3: I love it, man. I, you know, Vegas is, is such a unique place. And anytime I get to tell people I'm from Vegas, it's it's always the same reaction. You're from Vegas, right? Because a place like Vegas, I mean, I always say people, people come here once a year. You know, some people have never been. But for me, this is home. And to, to see the Raiders here, you know, to, to see the Golden Knights here, um, and to see just the expansion of, of the Strip and, and all the people moving here, I mean, it's, I love it, man. There's, there's, there's no place like Vegas, for sure.
1: Well, you never know. Let's, 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 <laughs> let's, let's hope that maybe uh, we'll see uh, Alize Jones, yeah. Alize Mack, right. yeah, in a in a Raiders practice Hopefully. squad uniform Hopefully. and and uh, and playing for the local hometown yeah. team or getting an invite. Alize, we appreciate you joining us on Cofield and Company, ESPN, Las Vegas. Thank you for having me. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and
0: at
2: Willie G. Ramirez. Or tweet the show at Cofield and Co.
0: Yep, big win for the Vegas Golden Knights on the road yesterday. They get another one later today. Darren Millard, nice enough to give us some time here today to discuss what's going on with the Vegas Golden Knights. And you know him, host VGK TV broadcast, more importantly the VGK Insider Show. So we open with the obvious topic, something I saw on social media, even though Darren and I don't follow each other. Your favorite flavor of ice cream is what?
2: Chocolate, fudge. Boring. Chocolate chip. Hang up. We're done. Tiger, tiger. Wow. Little tiger, tiger. Not mint, that's for sure. Oh. I don't Get the whole mint thing. Okay. People are into this mint stuff with chocolate. It doesn't matter how much chocolate you put into it. Mint's, like, just yucky.
1: Now, Darren, Darren they, you know... It's there my favorite are, flavor. You go through the grocery store in the frozen aisle, and there are like these brands that have branched off and decided to create their own ice cream. Does Tim Hortons have an ice cream brand? It's a coffee company. So what? So, so they can make, make coffee ice, ice
2: cream. cream. I don't want ice cream coffee.
1: If it's a coffee company, what are they serving Starbucks donuts for? Starbucks
2: has ice cream. They have alcohol. Branch out a little bit. But- I, I don't. I don't get that question. You're just trying to suck up to my Canadiana right now.
1: I was asking you a legitimate that, question. If Tim Hortons that, had a, had, had, they they make donuts. So I figured maybe donuts. donuts. Yeah, they do donuts. make donuts.
2: Yeah. Tim Morton, donuts and coffee. Yeah,
1: donut holes. Ah. Except they're not holes. What are they called? Timbits. Timbits, Timbits. Hmm. Timbits.
0: Yeah, I just going back really quickly, Darren. Growing up, mint chocolate chip was my absolute favorite flavor of ice cream. So.
1: Like, why would that be your flavor? It's an awesome. Is it the combination. only thing you could you get. It's an awesome combination. I think you should make uh, milbits.
2: That, uh, what what uh, holes from my body?
1: You sound flummoxed.
2: I do. I do. I was trying to figure that one out, and cool. I and I didn't do a very good job. Golden Knights are
1: the Golden Knights are back-to-back wins over the Minnesota Wild. They play the second of back-to-back tonight in Nashville, and I would assume Jonathan Quick is in net. Not necessarily a good sign, considering the fact he is six fourteen and two lifetime against the Predators.
2: Yeah, but that was all with L.A. Oh, I see. Right. So that's a new new chapter. Uh, I, I assume that he would go on back-to-back nights. Uh, very uh, brave uh, or uh, uh, tempting fate if you would run out uh, Laurent Berslau on uh, consecutive nights in three and four, uh, given how the health of the Vegas Golden Knights goaltender, uh, goaltenders has been uh, question mark uh, lately. So, yeah, the uh, the uh, promise would be that you would get the, the future Hall of Famer in goal tonight and an opportunity. To, uh, answer back what, uh, what Bruce has done in, in the last two games against the Minnesota Wild. It's been really impressive. I thought they would split those two games against the Wild. Uh, and Bruce Cassidy, uh, went, uh, with, uh, his, uh, uh, seven game starter now in the National Hockey League this year. And a guy that he doesn't have a lot of history with and doesn't have a lot of history with either one of those guys, but uh, uh, Bersua gave him full uh, full marks uh, for, for those two performances. He, he wasn't perfect, but he, he won those two games, and he now has a point in all seven starts this year, Willie. And uh, I'm not sure that, uh, that you can look away from this guy as being one of those uh, series contenders to, to start game one of the playoffs now.
0: How taxing are these back to backs for these teams, Darren? Because, you know, my my main job, I write about the NBA. There's always a big topic players not playing in second legs of back to backs and whatnot. What what is the degree of drop off in play, if any, that you see on these back to backs for some of these teams in the NHL?
2: I think uh, the the more uh, tougher ask is, uh, quite honestly, John, is three and four. Yeah. And that that's where you're, what you're facing tonight uh, with, with the Golden Knights side of it. Uh, I think players can play back to back in the National Hockey League. Uh, I, I don't know that it's a huge disadvantage. Uh, Darren Elliott, uh, my buddy on the TV side, loves to talk about the fourth period effect. That a lot of times teams on back to backs will will be good to start. And we'll have a little bit of jump. Uh, you don't generally have uh, skates in the morning. Uh, you have a brief meeting at the hotel. You don't have to come to the rink. Uh, it's it's an easier day uh, uh, to to get around and and, and function. So uh, I don't I don't know a lot of players who, who hate them uh, by any means. It kind of goes. It's more of a media driven topic, and and I'm I fall into that category of of making it into a, a, a bigger situation than, than it necessarily uh, is. And tonight you've got uh, Nashville, who played in in Dallas last night, yep. and, and fly home. So it's not like they were uh, sitting and waiting or played at home. Uh, they did the exact same thing. They traveled. So uh, I think both teams are in the same situation. Nashville's a, a little bit uh, banged up and short-staffed. Uh, they're they're extremely desperate. If uh, they lose in regulation tonight, it, it's going to all but seal. Not mathematically, but uh, we'll pretty much close the book on them. So I think they'll have that going for them. But uh, but it's a team that's uh, that's definitely vulnerable uh, to a Vegas Golden Knights squad that I you look at it, should be full of confidence coming off uh, their little bit uh, of a flat spot against San Jose and Edmonton.
1: Speaking of Darren Millard, voice of the and face of the Golden Knights. You can catch them tonight. Pre-game, in between the periods and post-game, of course. Speaking of back-to-backs, as you mentioned, Vegas have lost four of their last five on the second of back-to-backs, but Nashville has lost 11 of their last 16. Key number yeah. that I see is the Golden Knights have won four straight in Nashville. So, that being said... I think if there, if we saw anything from these uh, last two games, I mean, they did sort of dominate Flurry at home here a couple of nights ago, but last night what you saw was grit and determination because of who stepped up for the team, and I think that's been the storyline realistically since this team has gone on its run in the second half of the season, grit and determination.
2: Well, uh, last night, if, if you uh, told me that the rink was half the size as the rink they played in the front half uh, of that home-and-home, I would have believed you, because there wasn't any room last night uh, out there. It was uh, a much more uh, controlled game uh, by by both teams, and Vegas had a lot of trouble getting uh, some uh, in-zone time, and certainly with that top line, they were kept very much in check uh, by the Minnesota Wild, but there was a late-game power play. Uh, Vegas didn't score, but... uh, Jack Eichel had some touches on it. Uh, Jonathan Marsh so, uh, had an opportunity on it. looked like they got some confidence from it, quite honestly. And then they had the flurry at the end and, and were able to, to put it home. But uh, they beat the Minnesota Wild. Uh, and it, the, the goal scorers last uh, two games are impressive in the sense of these are their season totals their goals uh, three, five, five, seven, and eight. The, uh, those are the goal totals for guys that didn't score into an empty net or in a shootout. Three, five, five, seven, and eight. Yeah. And that's 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 not your top guys, right? That's not uh, uh, Connor McDavid uh, leading you, uh, who, who you just lean on to, to score all the goals. That's your your contributions from players who are called up, a uh, defenseman, uh, defensemen who are just put in the lineup. Uh, uh, the the uh, reality of Keegan Colasar having a career and he's scoring his eighth, I thought it was uh, it was maybe a, a big statement from this team as to how they are going to win. Uh, Darren Elliott likes to call them a, a team of fourteen goal scorers. and when you look at their the all the, the guys between thirteen and seventeen, uh, they they have so many of them. Uh, that that was just a, a vintage VGK performance the last couple of games.
1: So uh, you obviously keep an eye on the entire league, right? Especially when the Golden Knights are not playing. So here's a question for you. Boston Bruins are 125 points. They, uh, they've got yeah. the President's Trophy locked up. Golden Knights, fourth in the league, first in the Western Conference. Why is Boston so doing so good without Bruce Cassidy, and why are the Golden Knights doing so good with him?
2: uh i think there's a shelf life uh for for, for coaches uh that that is admitted and uh, uh by by bruce Cassidy, by all the coaches that uh, that a different voice uh, matters and bruce was there for six uh, six plus years uh w- with with the boston Reds. so i think that has something to do with it uh i will also say that uh that there's a more uh tangible reasoning and it comes down to, and wait for this, you guys, talent. Mm. And like, Vegas is a very talented team. They're performing. They, they weren't as beat up as they were last year. They didn't get that second wave. They've been able to uh, carry on from uh, both years where they were uh, challenging first place at the All-Star break. Uh, this year they didn't get the second wave of injuries, and they, they've been able to uh, fulfill on that promise of the Boston Bruins, a very talented team, who, uh, let's look at it, uh, get uh, Patrice Bergeron back, and there were some question marks whether or not he would play again. Uh, David Krejci returns. Uh, they've uh, got some incredible uh, contributions from uh, their goaltending, and Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman. Uh, but uh, but Allmark has carried uh, the, his game to a new level, uh, and they've, uh, they're supporting... Players and, and Taylor Hall, who they're waiting to get him back, uh, but but different players have have come up with big performances. Uh, uh, Foligno uh, has has rebounded from an off year last year, where we thought that he was going to be bought out. Uh, he's been better, so I, I, I think it's just uh, more to do with talent, and then the, the different voice. Uh, uh, it has to play uh, a, a role in things. Uh, just like uh, uh, you're you're better uh, uh, under some teachers uh, if you excel. You may be good under some teachers. You may be better uh, under some teachers. Uh, uh, some players have that situation going for them. But uh, but it, at the end of the day, both were really good hockey teams last year, and and both have have continued that this year.
0: Darren, we got 60 seconds. According to the betting market, the Edmonton Oilers have a higher probability of winning the Stanley Cup than the Vegas Golden Knights. Is that accurate?
2: Uh, I wouldn't say accurate, no. uh, But they have the two best players in the league and the best player in the world. So I could see where the money would track on that uh, and and would follow through on that. I would, uh, if I was allowed to bet on hockey, uh, I would uh, take the field on that one. Darren,
0: good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much, despite your questionable ice cream choices.
2: John, John, uh, I won't hold that against you, okay? Just yeah. so you know, uh I I respect you as a human and a broadcaster wow, uh, despite not appreciating your taste in ice cream.
0: Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Bye. Hi, Darren. Say the same thing, love about you, you, buddy.
1: Bye, Willie. You're the best.
0: Well, you just said that I uh, I think I thought he just said that I was the best. <laughs> Does that make any sense? All right, Cofield Company. Oh, don't worry, Ari, I'm not gonna psych yet. I thought I still had like twenty seconds, right? So all right, we're on.